Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in the book of 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 11. We come to verse 17. We're at the Lord's Supper right now. Um, McGee has called this the highest level of worship. Um, but unfortunately, the, the, uh, these Corinthians, these carnal Corinthians, basically, you know, uh, had problems with the Lord's Supper. And, um, you know, uh, they were selfish. Uh, these are some things, according to my study Bible and McGee was saying, they're selfish. Um, they weren't really, they were coming together sort of to do it, but their hearts weren't right. Sort of like, you know, in the Old Testament, when the worship wasn't right in the heart either, um, so they were they were coming together. They were self-centered. There were a lot of wealthy people there. And these were self-centered people who were sort of not really regarding those who were hungry, you know, and had nothing. And so they were just eating in front of these other people who were poor. And, um, you know, Paul's just saying, look, your guys are missing the whole point of what the body of Christ is and what sharing with one another is and building one another up is and concerning people who are hungry in the church. Um, and others were eating so much they were they were just getting drunk at this Lord's Supper. And and of course then you've got probably some people who are showing up, you know, wanting to take the Lord's Supper because it's a free food giveaway program. And, you know, they're not really coming there with the right heart as well. Also, they're really maybe not believing in the heart. They're just believing in a good meal for their stomach. So Paul's trying to get down here to the nitty-gritty. Paul is trying to, you know, say, look, you've got to be right in your heart when you take this because this symbolizes Christ's sacrifice for you. And uh, so... It kind of is the new Passover feast where there's a new sacrifice. Jesus now becomes the sacrificial lamb of the Passover feast. This is a commemoration of a feast of 
a commemoration of Christ's sacrifice for us. So um, it is a spiritual celebration. And uh, so it's totally in remembrance of Christ's sacrifice for us, but we, it is so important to do it with the right heart. It is to do it with the right heart that you've got to examine your own heart before you, before you commemorate and remember Christ's death and partake of that bread and wine. His body is the broken body, and that is symbolized by the bread, and the wine uh, is symbolized his, symbolizing his blood shed. So his body sacrificed, his blood shed, is what we partake in to commemorate his death on the cross for us. So it is a very holy uh, celebration here. So with that being said, a little bit of an overview, let's jump right in and look at these verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17, but in the following instructions, I do not commend you. In other words, I'm not complimenting you guys at all. Okay? In other words, that's a way of saying, look, I am now criticizing you. Because when you come together, it's not for the better. It's for the worse. You know, you guys are supposed to be a church. But when you come together, it's terrible. It doesn't build anybody up. doesn't honor God. Let's look at it. Verse 18, For the first place when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. You know, and of course there shouldn't be divisions in the church, but I believe in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. So Paul's saying, look, you know, there are divisions among you. I'm sort of good in a way that there are divisions among you because it allows the people who are genuine to be separated from those who are, you know, um, not following God's way, right? So the division allows recognition of, you know, um, those who are God's approved. So, in the midst of this controversy, so if there was no division, you would never, you'd never know who's, who's following God's commandments or not. So that's the only good Paul is seeing out of this problem. Verse twenty: When you come together, it's not the Lord's supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. He's saying what? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. He's saying, look, you guys are coming together as of, of a church, but when you're eating this you know, meal, it's not even the Lord's Supper that you're eating because you don't even eat it with the right heart. All you're doing is humiliating those who don't have anything to eat. Verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, 
which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, this Passover meal is in remembrance of him. If you're remembering if you're remembering him, it's something more than just eating a regular meal for your own stomach. You can do that at home. Verse 25, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's in remembrance of Christ. Verse 27, Whoever therefore eats bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. We don't want to have wrong hearts when we're taking communion. Verse 28, Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Verse 30, that is why so many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So, commemorate. The Lord's Supper, when you get together as a church with a proper heart and attitude towards remembering Christ, not just eating a regular meal. So then, verse 33, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. In other words, you're hungry. Eat your own regular meal at home. But when you come together for the church, you're coming together to commemorate the Lord. And it's not about eating a regular meal. This is a, this is a meal that remembers Christ. About the other things, I will give directions when I come. How important is it for us to remember the, what the Lord Jesus has done for us in the Lord's Supper. So, we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study on this take today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time here tomorrow. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 17, all the way through to verse 34. So in this study, we'll look at the Lord's Supper. This is the highest expression and holiest exercise of Christian worship. So it had dropped down in Corinth to such a low secular level that, you know, these people in Corinth were blaspheming in the way they were celebrating it then. So Paul is 
giving instruction concerning the Lord's Supper. So Paul attached the utmost importance to to this, to the Lord's Supper. So in chapter 11, verse 23 of 1 Corinthians, it actually reads, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. So, Paul received, you know, this information by direct revelation. And Paul puts it on par with the gospel. Because in chapter 15, verse 3, scripture reads, And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. So... The direct revelation was of the gospel. And the direct revelation was of the Lord's Supper. So the Lord gave him special instructions concerning it. That's the Lord's Supper. So Paul was not present in the upper room. But he actually received the gospel and the Lord's Supper as well by revelation. So in that day, the Lord's Supper was preceded by a social meal so it was probably celebrated in a time in a home sorry daily just right after the day of pentecost that's um and we have this in acts 2 verse 46 which reads um so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. So this was just right after the day of Pentecost. So they did it daily just after Pentecost. So the church in Corinth followed the procedure of having a meal in connection with the Lord's Supper. So the Passover the Passover was this kind of a celebration in the upper room so the lord celebrated the passover supper and we have this in matthew 26 26 which reads as they were eating jesus took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body so, so here they actually celebrated the Lord's Supper, the Passover, um, when um, they were in the upper room. So in that day, the church would actually come together for a meal, that's for supper, and the early church had these feasts and they called them agape. So that's the love feast. And it was part of the fellowship of the church. And the social gathering led right into the Lord's Supper. That is the Eucharist. So these feasts were 
finally separated and are not practiced today. So we don't have a dinner that actually leads into the celebration of the Lord's Supper. So we don't have that. Um, so, and the Lord's Supper, they were actually, when they were breaking the bread and eating that, they were actually celebrating the Passover. So then uh, there is actually a message for us in in this. And, you know, we'll begin our study from verse 17. And verse 17 reads, Now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. So in other words, they should have come together for a great spiritual blessing, but it didn't come to that. They were actually worse off. Verse 18 goes on to read, For, first of all, when you come together... As a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. So Paul is talking about when the believers come together and not, you know, a building, in a building. And, you know, not a building. So the church here um, are the people. And the party spirit was actually carried over into the Lord's Supper. So the division was there. You know, they had so much carnality. Verse 19 goes on to read, For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. So this explains the cults and the isms that we have today. So why does God prevent, or permit, not prevent, permit these cults and isms? You know, these you know, they had these divisions here. So the church today is filled with unbelievers. You have a lot of church members who are unbelievers. And these cults that form, they just separate the believers from the unbelievers. So these little factions that form um, of these people who, who are very religious but are not spiritual. So not all members in a church are actually saved. They are just members of a church. So the Lord skims off um, these unbelievers. It's like, you know, when you're boiling milk. It's that little skin that forms on top. So you just skim it off. So that's what the Lord does. He just skims off these unbelievers and they go off into cults. So when um, heresy comes along there is a lot of people that actually go for these so the lord the lord's skimming them off so that that which is genuine may be revealed and verse 20 goes on to read therefore when you come to gather in one place it is not to eat the lord's supper okay so it's actually impossible for them to celebrate the lord's supper because of the way that they have the feast that preceded um that preceded it under the circumstances they couldn't celebrate the lord's supper verse 21 goes on to read for in eating each one takes his own supper ahead 
of others and is hungry. So, and one is hungry and the other is drunk. So here, some poor fellows actually came to the dinner and you know, they couldn't even afford, you know, a plate of food. And because of this, you know, the poor person was hungry. And next to him is sitting the rich fellow who had eaten and is full and he's not passing anything to the poor man. So this fellowship is actually broken. It's not a fellowship unless we actually share with each other. So, you know, they had a feast before the Lord's Supper. And you have, you know, these feasts where the people, the haves, could actually afford meals and they would end up going drunk to this um, Lord's Supper, to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And, you know, you have a poor man who hasn't eaten and is hungry. So it was like one man for themselves. So it's not a fellowship, you know, unless we actually share with each other. Verse 22 goes on to read. When do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. So they were actually fracturing the church. And in its visible way, they should have shared everything. And there was some getting drunk during this feast of love. So love, the love feast, um, you know, people were coming drunk and it was encouraging gluttony and stuff. So they were in no condition to remember the death of Christ. And now Paul um, gave that which he got by direct revelation. Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. So they couldn't celebrate the Lord's Supper after the feast. Uh, because they were not sharing in, you know, um, the food and the drink that they had. Verse 23 reads again. Um, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Paul got this as a direct revelation of the Lord. So he wasn't present in the upper room. Verse 25 goes on to read, In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, Take this cup, sorry, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this do as often as you drink in, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So the bread speaks of his broken body, um, not bones. And now here we have this cup here, it speaks 
of the new covenant. This is the New Testament. So it's always called the cup. And Luke speaks of the fruit of the vine. It's never called wine because this was an unfermented wine. So this was the Passover feast. And they were serving unleavened bread. So they actually wouldn't serve the leavened fruit of the vine, which would be um, wine. So the body is and the the body is the cup that holds the blood, and the blood speaks of his death. It wasn't contaminated at all. So it was unleavened wine. Verse 26 goes on to read, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So the Lord's Supper is a commemoration. We do it in remembrance of Jesus Christ. And this looks back to the past that he died on the cross. So the Lord's Supper is a commemoration and is also a communion. He, he is a living Christ today and God, and he is seated at God's right hand. It also looks to the future. It's a commitment, the coming of Christ for his church. Verse 27 goes on to read, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Verse 28, But let a man examine himself and let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Verse 29, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So there have always been three interpretations of this. So it means you have bread in your mouth and have Christ in your heart. This is what's important. So may he reveal himself in this supper to us today, this Lord's Supper. Verse 30 goes on to read, For this reason may many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For we would judge ourselves, for if we would judge ourselves, we would be judged. But when we have judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be um, condemned with the world. So if we can judge ourselves when we are wrong, if we don't, he will judge us. Verse 33, doesn't read, Therefore, my brethren, when you come together, to eat um, wait for one another so he will actually 
um, he will judge the world so that he has to um, so he will judge the world so he has to deal with his own now because you know when he comes he will come in judgment and he will judge the world verse 34 goes on to read but if anyone is hungry let them eat at home least you come together for judgment and the rest i will set in order when i come so there were other things wrong in the corinthian church but paul didn't write about them um So he said when he actually gets there, then he will be able to actually sort it out. So these, you know, the the people of Corinth, they were actually babes in Christ. They were carnal Christians. And the church had so many, like, problems before Paul could even get to the spirituality. So he's, he first started with the carnalities of it all. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.